Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We're in a series, God's Not Mad. God's Not Mad. I love this series because it speaks so loud to our culture today. We live in a society where God is mad. And anything that happens, it's all what you do. Why would God allow that to take place? And so we have this mindset that there's a God that's waiting for things to mess up, waiting for his creation to mess up so that he can step in and punish. And not bad. We talked about last week how we were made in the image of God. And so think about that. You were made with the image of God, your face, your characteristics, all that you are. The heart of the Father is in you. That's huge, right? So we talked about how when we get the image of ourselves wrong, we get the image of our father wrong. If you can't see yourself right as a child of the king, as qualified, as someone who's loved and adored, then how are you gonna view God as this loving father? And let's be real, the majority of us don't grow up in a great home. So we have a father and mother figure that You know, God love them, but maybe they spoke death into our lives. Maybe they abused you, whatever it was. And you come to this point where your identity, you have identity crisis. You don't know who you are. And we talked about how in that, we get the identity of the father wrong. Because when we can't see ourselves properly, we can't see him properly. And when we can't see ourselves as loved and accepted, we can't see him as someone who would love and accept us. Um, So God's not mad. This is the second week, and I'm so excited about this word. It's just, whoo, so alive in me today. I'm just excited for what God's going to do. But I know you, you just sat down, but can you stand up for the reading of God's word just to honor the word today? This is a scripture that's pretty well known. If you've grown up in the church, you've definitely heard this. If not, but you've been to like a baseball game, there's people that hold this sign up, John 3, 16, okay? So we're gonna read that today. It's a scripture that's pretty well known, but I wanna kind of set the foundation of today with it. Uh, John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world. Woo, let's just stop there, take that in. God so loved the world. And this love created an action. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, ain't no boundaries, you know? I have a lot of friends that are like, hey, come to church. They're like, you don't want me in church. Lightning would strike. Place would go up in flames. And there are no boundaries. God said, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, right? God's not mad but to save the world, everybody say, through him. Through him, him. it's a big, big part. God sent his son to save the world, or or did did not condemn the world, but save the world through his son, Jesus. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's a double-edged sword, God. It cuts deep where no man can touch. 
So today we just surrender to your word. Pray that it would help us become better people. Help us come alive to our purpose so that our world can come alive to theirs. We love you so much, Jesus, and we trust you. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. I remember the day that my son was born. And my son is eight years old now. We just celebrated his birthday, April 11th. And uh, it was an incredible day just to celebrate him. But I remember back to when he was born. We were in the operate, you know, not operating room, but we were in the, you know, whatever, the doctor room. And I had my whole family there. And we had about 27 in the room. So it was a big celebration. And if you all don't know my family, I am the quiet one of the family, okay? So I'll kind of give you an idea of what the volume level was in that hospital room. It was very loud. And we were very celebratory. And in that moment, the, the, the nurse looked at me, the doctor looked at me and said, hey, would you like to deliver your son? I was like, oh my word, hallelujah, let's do this. I'm all about it. Because I'm all about like any experience I can get that's like brings me closer to Jesus. I'm like, this is probably the closest I can get. So I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. I remember when Zion was born, I held him in my hands. And this little boy that I helped create, what? And right there, in that moment, he took his first breath, and then he wailed. And he was like, Bleh! I was like, oh, this boy's going to be good. He's going to be wild. And I remember holding him in my hands. Literally, he was just a little pudge. It's hard to believe now, but he was just this little pudgy, round ball of dough. <laughs> you know, he was just like squishy. And I was like, oh, man. And I remember looking at him, and it was in that moment that the scripture really came to life for me. It's like, wow, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son to die. I'm sorry, y'all. This might sound super unspiritual, but if it were up to me, you'd all be doomed. <laughs> like, God, forgive me, but I ain't God. And when I held my son, I said, Lord, if it were up to me, I know this creation would have to suffer because I couldn't do that. But God loved so intensely. This is the greatest romance story ever told, greater than any Hallmark movie out there, and they're all good. <laughs> I'm a video maker, so I love watching Hallmark movies because they're just so, you know, spot on. <laughs> Better, best romance movie ever because God absolutely adored his creation. What happened is, in the beginning of time, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. You all know the story. You can read it in Genesis chapter one. We're not going to go into too much detail, but they brought sin into the world. Now, the thing about sin might not be a big deal in your home. You might've grown up in a home where, you know, sin was just whatever. And it's not that bad because I don't sin that much. And your uncle Harry does blah, blah, blah. So we're not that bad. You know, it's just one of those lives. And maybe you even heard people, you know, pronounce like, go to hell and, and uh, you know, I'm going to go to hell because that's where the party is. So maybe you grew up in that environment where it wasn't a big deal. But the reality is sin, when it entered the world, it separated us from God, our father. It was the only thing that kept us away from being united with him. And the, the, the ultimate for that, the Bible says the ultimate of sin is death and the grave. It's hell, being tortured and suffering nonstop and eternity. Ew, gross, not cool, don't want to go there. Gnashing of teeth, torture, burning alive, but not actually dying. Like that's a terrible thing. And that's not to scare you, but just so you can see the reality of what hell is. And when God had sin into the world and he was separated from his lover, he was separated from his creation, 
He had to do something in order to reunite himself with his creation. And so he loved so deeply that he said, I know. I'm going to send my one and only son, Jesus, to die. Because when he does this, his perfect sacrifice will cover all sins. The Bible says that when Jesus died, he took on the wrath of God. Now we all think God's angry and maybe you've even read like Old Testament stuff. Yo, you read some Old Testament stuff, you can get crazy whacked out. It's like, what the jazz is happening? God's killing a whole nation. or God's pouring a flood and covering the earth and killing everybody. Like, who is this God? Like, do we want to serve him? Like, is he going to kill us? And what you have to understand is all the Old Testament, the wrath of God was shown on earth. And then when Jesus came, he took all the wrath on himself. Isn't that amazing? So we didn't have to. He took it all upon himself. And when he died and rose again, the wrath of God died with him. Woo, that's good news, somebody. You aren't excited enough. That's good. Because that means you don't have to suffer. That means you don't have to come with expectation that God might be mad today. He might have wrath and kill his creator. No, absolutely not. The wrath of God is gone. Now love resides in the Father. Isn't that amazing? In fact, in Romans in Romans chapter 6, verse 22, it says, but now that you have been set free from sin, become slaves or servants to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life with him. Woo, it's gonna be good. Party in heaven. I can't wait for the dub drop beat thing to happen. You know, <laughs> I think that's what happens every time someone goes and, be, and is with the Lord. You know, my grandfather just passed away and he went to heaven. And I know when that happened, the bass drop hit because he was a bass singer too, you know, so it was just kind of enter him in, you know, so he felt like home. But I know the bass drop happens and all of a sudden the beat goes off. You know that build up to every dubstep, you know, EDM or whatever that's out there right now? It's like, do, 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 do. And you feel like, do, 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 do. I'm sure the angel's like, oh, someone's coming. Someone's like, do, 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 do. It's like, you know, they're partying. There's a party up there. I can't wait to get there. But the Bible says that when we are set free, we're set free in him. We're set free to our purpose. We come alive. The Bible says that when we come in Christ, when Christ comes into us, we are new creation. Old has passed away. Now we are new in him. Have you ever seen a dog that wants to get off a leash so bad that it'll actually choke itself to pull the leash? I had three little, little uh, I like to call them, I don't know, like mouse dogs, okay? They were tiny, just these little itty bitty things, but they were so vicious in their mind that they wanted to chase every dog that came by. But the problem was they're on a leash. And so when they would try to get to the dog, try to get to what they wanted to, they'd be so choked, you know? And it'd start off like, (laughs) every time. I'm like, learn, you're on a leash. Like there is a stopping point, right? It's only so much. And that's the deal. Sometimes when we, we try to, to get out of sin, we, we're choking ourselves to try to accept purpose and accept something that we know we're, we're living for. Have you ever seen people strive for success or to fill the void? But ultimately, it can't be filled unless we're taken off the leash of sin and come alive to the purpose of God, right? But a lot of times, here's how we treat sin is we, we get off the leash and we, we leave it, and then, then we stay right by the leash, 
And our mindset is, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian now. I can't, I can't say that. I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't hang out with that person. I can't blah. And we do, no leash, no leash, no leash. You know what happens, ultimately? How many know what, you, what you're focused on is where your future is headed, right? So when you focus, don't, 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 don't. Sometimes we head back and we put back on the leash. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Here I am again. I messed up. Oh, God, help me. And then he, you know, the whole thing, get free of it. Okay, God, yes. Okay, I'm not going to sin. Not going to put on the leash. Not going to put on the leash. Not going to put on the leash. I'm not going to put on the leash. I'm not going to put on the leash. I'm not going to put Oh, my word, I'm on the leash. That's how we live our life. And, and the Bible says when you're set free, you come alive in Christ. Now leave the old things. They're dead. Now you come alive to your newness in Christ. Come alive in it. It's in the love of the Father. When he sets you free, you're free indeed. Free to live out the love of Jesus. Now today is a very special day, Palm Sunday. And we have to look at this scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 21. And a lot of the gospels uh, touch on this because this is just one of the most dynamic. But I want to look at Matthew because he lays it out really nicely. Matthew chapter 21, verse one. says, as they approached Jerusalem, and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. At once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt. Untie them and bring them to me. So basically, go find a random donkey, untie it and bring it to me. Steal. You know, let, let's go. Let's make this happen. So they're going. And he says, if anybody asks you, hey, what are you doing with my donkey? Just tell them, oh, the Lord needs it. No big deal, right? Can you imagine doing that in Philly? You know, untying a bike or breaking the chain. Hey, what are you doing with that bike? Oh, don't worry, my Lord needs it. Oh, okay, cool, no problem. All right, cool. So they get the, they get the donkey, they bring it in. And I, you ever wonder why Jesus came in on a donkey? Like, why did he choose a donkey? Like, have you ever seen a donkey? It looks like a joke with fur. It just, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's almost a horse, but not really. It's not a pony, a little too ugly for that. You know, it's just, it's a donkey. You know, it makes a funny sound. It's like, wow, donkey, yeah. Why? And, and when kings would, would come in and back in the day, they would bring this stallion, this war horse, and they would usher in war when they'd come in because they, they marked their dominion. That's who they were. And what Jesus came in to, to really usher in with him is the symbol of peace. When he came in on a donkey, he came in ushering peace. The Bible said he's the prince of peace. Sometimes we view God as this. God is like on the war path, looking for things he's gonna destroy. And when Jesus came in, he said, no, 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 I wanna redefine that for you because I'm not gonna come in to wage war because ultimately when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated all things that were wrong. He defeated all the evil. You know, sometimes we view the devil as this big thing, but actually the devil's already defeated. He's just waiting for his punishment to come out. And sometimes we view it like that, but Jesus came in to usher peace, usher peace. And it goes on in verse seven. It says, they brought the donkey and colt, placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road now, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd then went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I love this picture. Because if you would, does anybody have a palm branch I could just use real quick? Awesome, thank you. When the king was coming in, you have to understand they didn't have pavement back there. It wasn't a thing, 
You know, they didn't have unions working on our roads, making sure that things were nice and smooth. So the path was just all over the place. And sometimes when the king is coming, we have to prepare a way for him to come. We have to prepare a way for the pathway to be smooth, for him to come in who he is. So everybody looked around. Some grabbed their coats. They're like, you know what? I'm going to put that down. You know what? Let's cut some branches. Cut anything we can. Let's make a way, a pathway for the king to come. And what they did is they laid everything down so that he could walk on the path to come into their city. I don't know what you carry in your life. You know, everybody carries something different because we all have different paths, different experiences. Some are in school right now. Some are starting a business. Some are already in a career. You've lived a long life. Some are just getting started in marriage. Like we all have different seasons of our life, different things that we go through, different things that we carry. But I wonder how many of us have things in our life that keep us away from experiencing God's love in the way that he wants to encounter us. When God saw there was a separation between him and man, he had to do anything in his power to make sure that separation was gone. And when Jesus came, he removed all barriers to him. The Bible says that there's this curtain in the temple that kept us away from the presence of God. So you'd have to go to the, you'd have to go to the, um, I remember my brain's farting. You have to go to the priest and the priest would have to talk to God for you. <laughs> Thank you. God's not mad. I like that shirt. But you have to talk to the priest and there's a separation. And when Jesus died on the cross, there's symbolically, the, 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 the veil was torn all the way down. In a showing of, he wanted us to approach him freely. There's no separation. But sometimes we carry things that keep us away from God. And even though there's freedom in Christ, we still hold these things. Like God, you know, this just feels like it's a part of me, you know? I got these things I'm carrying. I got an addiction. I got a mindset. I got something in my life that's, that's just, it, it, it's something that, that holds me back from experiencing true freedom in you. And it trips you up. I don't know where you are in this room with Jesus. If you've ever thought that of, of receiving him as your Lord and Savior, or if you're kind of on that journey of saying, I don't even know, man. I don't know where Jesus is. But today, man, if, if something's stirring in you and, and Jesus is calling your name, can I tell you this? That Jesus doesn't want to just come into your life. He wants to usher in all that he is. And when he comes, he comes riding on a donkey. He comes riding on a symbol of peace. Bring you peace with him. He doesn't just show up with empty hands. He shows up with everything you need. And I don't know what today you need to lay down at the feet of Jesus. You need to lay down so that the King could come into your life in such a real way, such a new way. Maybe some of you have never experienced the love of the Father. You've never experienced Him as a good Father, as a good King, as one who has good things in store for you. Maybe you've only experienced the anger of someone else who's tried to represent God. But today, here's what I want to do. I want to take a moment as the worship team is going to play and sing. I want us just to write down on these branches. You can grab a Sharpie. There should be one on your table, but grab a Sharpie. And would you write down something that you're laying down in order to have the King come into your life, to usher in His presence into your life? 
I truly believe that God has so much for you this year. God has so much for you, but it's not gonna happen accidentally. It's gonna happen by us intentionally saying, God, right now I place this before you because I want you to come. I want you to be in my life. God is not someone who just forces himself on us. He's a gentleman. He waits for the invitation. He's already separated everything that is keeping us away from his love. But now it's our responsibility. It's our turn to step into his love, to receive his forgiveness. In just a moment, I wanna ask anybody in this room, you might be here and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never accepted him as that good father in your life. Started that relationship with him as your savior. You know, the, the Bible says that there's, there's two masters of our, our flesh, the master of sin and the master that is God. We can't serve two masters. And sometimes when we're, we're enslaved, when we're a servant to sin, we can't truly experience the freedom that's in Christ because he's not Lord. And maybe you've never had that in your life where you've accepted him as the Lord of your life. Today, I wanna give an invitation to you. Say yes to him. Start a relationship. It's not all about just a set of rules. It's about a relationship with the Father who loves you so much. And he shows you the way, every step of the way. If you're in this place and you say, Elijah, I would love to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. I'd love to step into a relationship with the good Father that I know that he's not mad at me, but he's actually open arms waiting for me to come. Would you just lift up a hand and say, Elijah, that's me. Would you pray for me today? I want to pray with you that God would just encounter you, that you'd encounter his love so much on a deep level today. That's you just lift up a hand. We want to celebrate with you that you're making that decision today. Awesome. Come on. Come on. Let's make some noise. Yes. Yes. Awesome. That's incredible. That's incredible. One of the greatest decisions you can ever make because the Father is obsessed with you. And it's, his plan for you is not just to save you from sin and keep you away from all this. It's to help you come alive to your purpose and step into the all, utmost love and admiration and what he has for your life in this life and then in eternity with him so today we don't just celebrate that you're receiving jesus here we're celebrating that someday when jesus comes back for us you're going with us you're going with us to be with him for eternity in heaven can we just pray god i thank you so much for these in this room and if you made that decision would you just pray with me god i thank you for these that have made this decision to say yes to you i pray that you would help them lord god to to drop the things that hold them back to drop the things that would keep them away from experiencing true freedom in you, God. And God, we thank you that you died and paid the ultimate price so we didn't have to. We don't have to live up to a standard. We don't have to get our stuff in order in order to come to you. We need to bring our dirt, bring our sin, bring all that we are. And when we do that, you clean us. You make us new. The Bible says that when we accept Jesus, we are new in Christ. So God, I thank you for these in this room that received you as their Lord and Savior today, that you're making them new for the path that you have for them in the future. God, we love you that today starts a journey with you. And I pray that as they start this relationship, that they would commune with you. They'd have conversation with you. They'd have an appointment to know how much you have in your heart for them. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.